God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony Wilson for Love Thy Neighbor. And this week on Love Thy Neighbor, uh, our Friday featuring will feature a young woman who is a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, Miss Amber Brooks and her ministry, Hadassah's Cup. She's going to tell you all about it. We're going to go into a quick clip from one of her videos. Uh, hopefully you're following her and hopefully you will follow her after this particular featuring this week on Love Thy Neighbor. We'll be right back after this clip. My inspiration behind Hadassah's Cup is royalty. That's the whole, my whole journey is learning how to be empowered and how to let that royalty within shine uh, on the outside. Um, Hadassah was a Jewish queen who lived in Persia. To me, she represents courage, boldness, and wisdom. She knew how to remain calm. She knew how to take matters into her own hands, but with wisdom, courage, and boldness. And she had the elegance to do so. I love being that advocate for women who don't have a voice. It's not just about looking pretty on the outside or just smelling good, but really knowing who you are on the inside. Well, my journey with holistic health and herbalism really started when I left the nest. I was um, 19 years old and I went to school full time and worked full time. And I kind of hit rock bottom with some personal things in my life. And I just wanted to Essentially, I just start to think like there has to be a better way to live. There has to be a better way to take care of myself. I got involved at my, my community church that I was kind of brought up in. And I really start to take it seriously, my, my relationship with God. And um, on that journey, I started to meditate. I started to pray daily. I started to eat better. I transitioned to being vegetarian. I started making most of my meals at home instead of eating fast foods and I started to see really good change in my body and that led me to want to um, transition to holistic health care. So I picked up some books from the library, I ordered tons of books and I just started creating my own products, my own things around the house. It's very empowering being able to make my own products for my household just knowing that I know exactly what's going into my products. Right now I'm focusing on women's holistic health because I believe, you know, with the family it starts with the woman because essentially I believe that she is the one who brings in the health. A holistic health means you're focusing on your mind, your body, and your spirit. So in order for your medicine, the holistic medicine to work, you, you need to be in tune with your body. You need to also be in tune with your mind. Um, and then you need to also have a disciplined lifestyle where you're feeding yourself affirmations too because when you eat good and when you speak, you know, life into yourself, then you feel good. God bless you and welcome to Love Thy Neighbor. It's Apostle Anthony Wilson and this is our segment Friday featuring. And this Friday we are going to feature... Um, a young woman who is a mother, uh, an entrepreneur, a vlogger, um, and just a, um, a woman of God trying to make it in this world with all the chaos and confusion going on. 
uh, just trying to stay faithful to God. Uh, I want to welcome uh, for you guys, uh, Miss Amber Brooks. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm glad that uh, we could make this work. Um, it's interesting because um, as we were even trying to do this, uh, just being a mother, being a wife, um, is such a busy, busy uh, endeavor. I was reading somewhere that if they paid mothers uh, for what they do, you would make somewhere between one hundred and twenty-five and one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> mm, let me get that. <laughs> <laughs> so being being a mom is, is and a wife um, and all the other things that you do is a is a challenge. Um, well, first of all, um, how did we meet? How, how did how did we meet? Yes. Yeah, so um, a couple of my friends, Lily and Tiffany, and just some other women that I know that are married as well. Um, invited my husband and I over to their house for a couple's night. And you and your wife, um, First Lady, Miss Taya, were the guest speakers. And I just remember hearing your testimony, how God grew you both closer to him and restored and healed your marriage. So after that, it was a wrap. My husband um, wanted to attend your church and that's how we met you guys. Amen. I do. I do remember that. That was a that was a powerful night, and that that was the first time that um, that we met you guys. Um, we've known you for a while now. Um, actually, was one of um, your husband Terrell's uh, teachers in ordination classes and all that good stuff. And so we've developed um, a nice little history after that. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want people to know about you? I mean, we're going to get into motherhood. We're going to get into, but what do you want people to know about you? Um, definitely that God is good because as a child, I was definitely shy and very timid. And now you could say I'm a little more outspoken and bold and courageous. And that's only because of God. Um, I'm pretty mellow and chill. Um, What you see is pretty much what you get. And I just, yeah, I just love art. I love being a mom and a wife and um, loving on God. Amen. Amen. Um, So uh, being a mother, being a wife. um, Now, this is something that you were and you were kind of um, getting into even before. Uh, the virus, but talk to me about motherhood and homeschooling. Now it's becoming a fad. Now everybody wants to jump in and do this. Um, mm-hmm. What what would you say are you know the good, the pros, the cons? Um, what's exciting about it? What's difficult about it? Yeah, so I don't know when I was a before my husband and I even got married. I knew that I wanted to start my own business so that I could be home with my kids when and if we had them. And, um, you know, I'm just now getting started on the business, but that dream has always been in me. And I believe, of course, God put that there. And so once we did, um, once I did get pregnant with my first daughter, which was right away, um, we both decided that um, I should stay home with her because daycare was just crazy. I was nursing her. I didn't want to put on formula. And I just, it was just convenient for us. And then we had our second daughter and I said, okay, I really 
do want this to be a lifestyle. And though I had to work through, I had to work through my inner issues because I had always been um, self-sufficient. Right out of college, you know, I left the nest. I got a full-time job, was in school full-time, paid my own bills and all that. Um, because that's just how I was raised. I was was told, have your own money and your own things. So being a, a, a stay-at-home mom, homeschooler, definitely wasn't and is not an easy road when you have pride that might have been there or just this idea that um, I could take care of myself or do it my own, myself. Because if this is what I'm gonna do, my husband and I realized that we have to make sacrifices. Um, there's the stereotype that homeschooling is just for rich moms, you know, especially um, rich Caucasian moms. But I'm here to debunk that myth and show you, no, you can do it, but it will come with the cost, you know, and that, that really depends on if you're going to trust God to see you through, if you're going to trust him with your daily meal, um, if you are if you're going to be able to be okay with not having everything that you thought you wanted in order to have your, your children be at home with you. And um, I think it's just really, it's really awesome being able to be home with my daughters and knowing that I'm able to talk to them about God, where God is not accepted in schools where I'm able to teach them. Like every night we pray, every morning we pray, and they, they pray in their own little baby talk language and say, Jesus, amen. And to me, that reassures me that though I'm not doing everything right, they still know God. And I'm not perfect, but I'm still able to direct them in the way they should go. And also just, you know, I get to choose my schedule, what that looks like throughout the day. That That's fun. I get to take them to the museums and things. Of course, not right now, but before right, then. Right. And I, I just love that quality time with my daughters. That's awesome. That is so awesome um, because I, I think there's a lot of moms that crave that quality time with their kids. If they had it their way um, and they didn't have to you know, pull down a, a nine to five, if there was some way, shape or form where they had a business or like you said, some type of income from different places so they could be home. Um, I think a lot of mothers would be, I, I just think they would. Um, uh, but it, it's not, um, it's not a day off though. So I want you to talk to me about the demand um, of being home uh, with them all the time and doing the schooling piece. Yeah, so they're ages two and three, so we're not heavily in curriculum yet, but I do have a schedule where I write down on a whiteboard um, what we're gonna do, a lesson plan. So what we're gonna learn throughout that day, and I create a schedule for myself or else you can become lax. Right, you right. can you know, be tempted to just plop in front of the TV, but when you, um, create a schedule for yourself that keeps you motivated. You know, if you've seen any of my videos, we create a wall where it motivates them to want to learn and myself to want to teach. Um, but it can, yes, it can be very taxing. Um, my daughters constantly, you know, they want to do something. They want to make a craft or I have to make sure that I am teaching them their colors and their shapes and getting them ready for preschool curriculum things. 
And yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired like pretty much 100% of the time. <laughs> but you know, if I were working, I'd be tired too. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it, it can be stressful at times, but that's when you have to, you know, get them on a schedule to take a nap. So you have time to get your things done. Or if you just want to take time to drink tea and watch your favorite show, right. like you need that time for yourself. And at night when they go to bed, it's definitely when I have time to myself as well. Yeah, that's good. And I think that that has to be known because some people might think, oh, well, you're homeschooling, so you're just sitting at home chilling. And that's not the case at all. You know, um, I actually got some of that type of thought process when I went full time pastoring and said, well, what do you do? You know, well, my schedule is full. You know, I'm meeting with people, discipling, um, preparing messages and uh, curriculum. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm visiting people. I'm, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I'm that I was doing throughout the day that I still do throughout the out the day. That even in the, amidst this virus, my schedule doesn't really change. I'm just not really going places. Um, I'm just right. doing everything like this. You know, uh, from you know from a laptop or on a phone or. Uh, so, and I've been looking at, you know, homeschooling and things like that. It's just as demanding because like you said, you're still having the responsibility of preparing, um, these young ladies for life. And so it's not just, oh, we're just sitting home playing games. No, now I am the person that has to prepare them, uh, for life. And if one day they do go to school, I don't want them to be behind, uh, because we were just sitting at home. Like you said, watching cartoons and eating snacks. <laughs> right. Yep. Definitely. So, um, Hadassah's cup. Where did this come from? Where did this this concept come from? Well, it's funny that you asked that because just last night in my prayer time with God, He um, re revealed a dream to me that I had at the age of like seventeen or eighteen, I believe. Um, I've always kind of known God at an early age, maybe 13, but 18, 17, 18 is when I really start to get serious about him. And so in this dream, um, very briefly, basically I was walking through this market and it looked like I was back in, you know, biblical times. It was everybody was outside in sandals, dusty feet, everything, you know, um, and I had this hooded cloak over myself and I was being escorted to this huge palace or castle. Yeah. And once I got in, I saw all these chairs of people sitting in these chairs and they all looked like royalty. They all had a beautiful chair. They were all sitting on their own throne. And once I sat down, I unhooded myself and then I woke up. And so I was like, okay, like, I guess I don't really know what that means as a, you know, 17, 18 year old. But now God revealed to me that was my unveiling. And so shortly after that, once I um, graduated, went to college, um, you've seen one of my other videos, my testimony talking about how there's this boy that I thought I loved, I was going to marry and we broke up and God began to reveal to me that I really didn't have self-love that I depended on him and other people in my life to give me confirmation and affirmation and um, because I was just so broken and insecure. Um, so shortly after that, I began to work on my relationship with God. And 
he he led me to Esther, the book of Esther, and I saw the beautifying process she went through um, with the oils and the myrrh. So I began to do those things externally mm. while God was purifying my heart and stripping me of the things that were not true, that he did not design for me to ever carry um, internally. And that is when the vision for Hadassah's cup was was birthed. Wow, that is, that's amazing. Um... Uh, and God, God still speaks to us through dreams and visions. And, um, I think that's a powerful testimony. Um, what's, what's, so this thing, Hadassah's cup, what all is it? Because I know it's, you know, your YouTube channel, you got, what is it? It's cause it's like an all encompassing deal. What, what is it? Yeah. So that is exactly what it is. It's just creating a place for women to know their worth, know that they're beautiful inside and out to grow um, in the things of God. So when I think of a woman, I think of Holy Spirit. I think of how Holy Spirit downloads and and pours, um, you know, understanding into us and nurtures us. And so as women, we nurture naturally. Um, We carry children. And if we can't physically, we, we birth others in the spirit and mentor them in the spirit. And so that's what Hadassah's Cup is really about, is boldness and courage and just uplifting the womanhood community. Um, Because I really feel like, and I know some people might not agree with me with this view, but I feel like feminism is definitely on the rise, but it's not a a good look. Mm. And so I feel like when feminism seeks to um, they have an agenda to emasculate the male. God is still raising up women who will be women, but in the way that he designed and that he, um, you know, standing in position, encouraging everybody and loving everybody and uplifting the man too. Yeah. And not being, you know, like you say, threatened by his manhood, but seeing how it's supposed to fit with uh, the woman. I, I think about, and this was because uh, uh, I was doing some studying this week and I'm actually going to share this in another podcast. Um, the relationship between um, Esther and her, her uncle or, or relative mm-hmm. Mordecai. Mordecai really becomes um, almost like the Holy Spirit for her because he encourages her to embrace the moment and embrace the opportunity. But by the end of Esther, Mordecai becomes this prominent person um, who people look to. And they didn't diminish each other. They actually um, helped each other to thrive. And I really see that as the way uh, a man and a woman are supposed to interact. They're not supposed to be taking from each other. They're supposed to be giving to each other and allowing each other to thrive in who they are. Mordecai wasn't threatened by uh, Hadassah or Esther's uh, position. Uh, He actually, actually pushed her to greatness. You know, he pushed her to greatness. Right. So I know you had to grab the little ones real quick um, while you're doing that. What keeps you grounded um, in the midst of this global crisis? For a lot of people, this thing is really uh, shaking them. Some people have just totally dismissed it. But how do you stay grounded in this? 
Yeah, um, I would say definitely fasting and praying um, because fasting really keeps me on my toes with making sure that I'm not getting comfortable. Um, I'm not just dismissing anything um, and that I'm standing God's will and what he's telling me to do. Um, just when I think about how God had his people um, exit from Egypt and Exodus, I think about how he's doing that with us in, holy, uh, in the spirit. You know, we can't see what's going on out there in the physical realm, but we can definitely know that he's there with us. And he'll always be there with us. So um, just praying for wisdom and definitely um, taking it day by day, really, and submitting all fear and anxiety to him is, is definitely the key for me anyway. Man, that's good. That's good. Because I think that's what we all need to do. You know, I find myself studying more, praying more, preparing more, um, um, and not being um, fearful, but being careful, you know, um, and prayerful. And I think that's definitely important. Uh, I want to ask this question because um, um, what you're doing is awesome as far as your YouTube channel. So what's going on with this YouTube channel? And talk to me about kind of the vision behind it. Um, yeah, so going back to the birth of Hadassah's cup, it encompasses um, making the woman feel beautiful about herself by these products. So I will be launching my business here pretty soon. So everybody look out for that. I will have belly bombs, oils, and sprays, and a candle. And um, that is to, it'll be like in a kit to help women feel good. And then this YouTube channel is the mouthpiece of it all. Mm. So really encouraging the women with my words, showing them I'm, I'm human just like everybody else. Um, there are days where I feel down, but as I encourage myself, I'm going to encourage you too and let you know you can get through it as I am. Um, and really just giving all glory to God. And yeah, what you said, it's all an all-encompassing thing to really just edify God and uplift the woman. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I just love the concept and um, I'm praying that um, as you connect with the women locally, globally, um, that they they get a sense of that because that's what, what it's really about. You know, I'm in a series um, on my Monday uh, podcast um, about how God wants us to be successful. And I believe he wants us to be successful, not so we can just say that we're successful, but he has a purpose. And when he has a purpose and we join together in that purpose, then God will take your success and he'll, he'll make you known. He'll make you popular, not for your namesake, but for his namesake, because there's something that he wants to get out there. And so if God's hand is on something and he wants to get it out there, he's going to make sure. And um, I believe that that's what God is going to do uh, with this channel. Um, and so stay humble, stay faith, faithful, and, and, and keep that thing growing. Um, really quick, I want to ask you about, um, right before all of this hit, we were in morning coffee, and you shared with us um, a prophetic uh, dream that you had about the pandemic. N now looking at it, um, when you think back to what God said to you, 
and you look at what's going on, how do those things compare? Um, and, and what was it like having a, a, a dream like that and then seeing this happen? Yeah, so it's definitely um, eye-opening because before this pandemic really hit, before I even knew what was going on in China, God was uh, God gave me a dream of um, the pastor of this church that I used to attend. He came into the room and I was um, in a dance team there at the time. So we were rehearsing for dance um, practice and he hurry up and turned on the TV and said, look, I need you guys to see something very urgently. So we watched on this TV and um, it, it looked like it was from a camera, like, a, what's it called? Like, a, like security, how they can see what's going on in the hospital or something like that. So there was these men, two men that were brought in as an experiment. They were um, kind of just brain dead just kind of not really there like vegetable like but they're still able to walk around so they're kind of like zombified so then they walk in and the the doctors feed them this jelly bag a jelly like substance and then i'm trying to remember what happened next um they just started to act very very hostile and then I, I might be missing some parts, but they began to act very hostile. And then up, um, the pastor hurried up and turned off the TV. And he said, they're putting it in our water. There's something going on in our water. He said, um, don't drink the tap, drink from this water. And he gave us a name. It was like, I don't remember the name of it, but there's some number in there. And then he said, China already has it. You have to go get it before they run out. So in my mind, in the dream, I'm like, oh snap, I gotta go get this water from Target before it runs out. Cause he said it's already running out in China. So then my dream goes to a whole different, um, excuse me, my kids. <laughs> it's all right, around. your mom. Um, <laughs> my, yeah, so it, it fast forwards to like a different scene where I'm outside and I'm trying to get a hold of my husband. He's nowhere to be found. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get these kids. I have to go get groceries, food, because it's about to get um, packed in there. And as I was saying that, it was like, um, I was outside of Target and it was packed inside, but outside it was quiet. And it looked as if like war had hit. It was this, the sky was kind of orange and dark. Um, no one was walking around outside no birds it was just really eerie feeling and um so then uh let's see what happened next oh and then as soon as that scene it, it jumped right into another scene where i was looking at a map where there were different states that were red um they were different yeah red and it appeared to me in the dream that it was like half of the state um, was infected or was overcome by war. I thought it was war in the dream. And so then my dream ended or I got my girls ready and then we were gonna go to a different state or something like that. And then my dream ended. Um, so looking back over everything now, this was what, three months ago? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's pretty eerie and eye-opening, but um, because we see a lot of that came to pass, though it wasn't war in my dream, people definitely were not walking around outside and uh, things did go by quickly at the stores. Um, I'm not sure to this day what the water meant. You know, I'm guessing holy it means Holy Spirit to get wisdom and understanding in these times. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the whole map deal, I mean, you know, I look at the map all the time and I look at the, and, and, you, and you mentioned this to me and I remember it, um, you talked about the northern states being red or mm-hmm. being hit hard. And when you look at the map, you know, places like New York or North, um, Washington State or up north, and they're north on both coasts. So they're, you know, those northern right. states getting hit. Um, that was, I just, like I said, I look back on it like, wow, that was very eerie (laughs) but yet um it just shows you that god still speaks in those ways and we shouldn't just push things to the side um we should be paying attention because we don't know um if he's saying something that may be bigger than just our personal life right and i do remember colorado um half of it was red Mm -hmm. and that's you know denver and the northern part of it um so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just sitting exactly home. It. And that's exactly and it. it. That's exactly it because we came came down to Pueblo, which is south, and it's the the, the least uh, infected area. Uh, mm. <laughs> but you look up north from here, and it's like, wow, Denver, you know, has a lot um, of people with cases, and I mean, people are recovering, but it actually came out almost exactly that way Mm, wow yeah that's that's amazing you know (laughs) so I I just you know I felt like you needed to share that because um, you don't know how many people probably were having dreams and things and didn't know what was going on and now they're looking back and like wow God you were speaking to me I didn't understand at the time and that's something that we learn in our dreams and visions class Um, that prophecy unfolds. And so at the time you might think it's one thing, but you got to wait because the fulfillment of it may be um, deeper or different than what you originally thought. Right. And, you know, I can say when I was uh, fasting and seeking God for the interpretation of it, um, and I think I told you guys this before, God woke me up and showed me this, thing that looked like um it was like a kind of and it, it didn't it looks like a pathogen or something and that was still before the virus had gotten even out of hand even in China right but I had no idea what that was or what that what that meant so me leaning on my understanding I just prayed and then went to bed but now I'm like wow God if we would just trust you and what you're showing us or dig deeper um, for what you're saying and, and learn how to really pray and seek you I could have really gone into some prayer that night and I feel bad because God entrusted a vision with me that I didn't even seek him about 
<clears throat> well, I don't think you need to feel bad. I think you feel privileged, but it also is a teaching. It's a learning um, opportunity that when that happens, you know, you need to go into fasting and praying. You need to write it down or record it so you can have it accurate so you don't miss any details because every detail could be something important for somebody to know. So, I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's an amazing, amazing um, dream and the fact that it really did, for the most part, most of it has come to pass and we understand that it's come to pass. There's still pieces, like you said, that you're still going to have to figure out, but I think God is going to reveal that over time. Um, just a few more things. I think I want to, uh, I want to, I want to ask, uh, I want you to talk about overcoming the fear of failing as a mother. I talk to a lot of moms and they're all just afraid of being a bad mom. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, even some older moms feel like, oh, it was a bad mom. Uh, how do you overcome that fear of failing, you know, and, and, and thinking I'm a bad mom? Right. Well, when I look back and analyze over my childhood and things that affected me, um, and then when I discipline my children, I can see how some habits um, from what I learned that I didn't like are, can come out. And so I just encourage anyone to not be afraid of that or say, I'm not going to be like this person or that person, but say, okay, this is what happened. This is how I felt about it. And take it to God and ask um, him to work on you with it, to renew you, to to be aware of it, not act like it didn't happen or, you know, the days where you're frustrated with your kids or might yell at them that it didn't happen, but say, God, I, I messed up. You know, every night before I go to bed, when I put the girls to sleep, I reflect on things that um, I give. I gave God permission to show me areas that I can be better in. And I think when you do that, you allow yourself to be transparent with not only yourself, but with him. And then that allows you to work on those things and say, you know what, I'm not a bad mom. Um, I'm not going to fail, but yes, I'm not human and I cannot be perfect, but I just ask you God to show me how to, to do better each day. Not using being human as an excuse to fail, um, but as understanding that it means that I'm imperfect, but because I have Christ, I am saved. I am working to be better. I am praying and asking God and implementing the things that he's saying for me to do. I think that's important. Um, So what advice would you give people um, who sense a call to do ministry using social media? Because that's a, that's a a very real ministry nowadays because it's such a huge platform. And there's a lot of people feeling like, I think I'm called to step out and, you know, do a YouTube channel or, do Facebook lives or what would you say to them? I would say definitely go for it because two years ago, I remember I told someone, I prophesied and said that, you know, there's going to come a day where people are no longer going to come into the church. Um, At least, you know, new people that are not already in the church, new believers or things like that. They're not going to come to the church 
So we have to learn how to be, you know, be filled up and sent out, go to the streets, yeah. use these platforms. Um, because I mean, and if you look at it, we're heading there and we're already there. We can't go to the church. Um, and even when all this clears up and we can go back, there's going to be a lot of people who are still not going to go to the church. And so the enemy is going to try to say, it's going to be in your ear and be like, okay, you're just trying to be cute. You're just trying to mm. get attention or these things. Um, everybody has a platform. You're right. Everybody has an audience. Everyone has a platform. So go ahead and use it. But the way you use it is is up to you. So I'd say I encourage all the women that I know, start a blog, start a podcast, YouTube channel, TikTok, whatever, because your voice needs to be heard for the kingdom of God. Amen. And I, and I definitely agree with that. You know, the Lord is, um, he's impressed upon my heart. These three things, um, he said territories, platforms, and doors. And I, I still been asking him like, what are you exactly saying? But I know that he wants to enlarge people's territories. He wants to build platforms and he wants to open doors uh, for the gospel to be preached for the message of Christ to come out. And he's looking for people um, who he can show himself strong in. He's looking for people who he can trust, who will stay humble and submitted to him, submitting to his will, trusting in his sovereignty, reverencing his authority and saying, God, this is all about you. You can take me as far as you want me to go um, because I understand this is something that you desire. And so I, I do I do agree with you um, that the church is going to have to, you know, uh, go out to people. But it's always been that way. Uh, people like to feel safe and just go to church and hope that the pastor can draw them because he's a great personality or uh, celebrity person. But um, like we did this weekend when we went out and, and did the gas outreach and got to pray for people and go out to people. I still feel like that's the best method. And social media is a part of going out to people and getting out of um, your comfort zone and reaching people where they are. Right. I definitely think that God is having us get back to the basics. Yes. Um, when you look back at the disciples, they didn't have a, a, a church set up. You know, they had the synagogues, but they're like, no, we need to get out and tell out. <laughs> the world about Jesus. And they travel shipwrecked, you know, things like that. And so now that we've been good and comfortable in our churches and, you know, been filled up, hopefully that's what we've been doing. Now God is sending us out. So he's kind of, he's like, like asking us, what are you going to do with all of those years that you've heard about me and that you've right. read the word and you've got to fellowship? Like, what are you going to do now? Right. So. Because, you know, the, the, for some people, it's scary to think that what if um, our new normal is not being able to gather and gatherings above 50 people. And um, there's some people that say, wow, that's going to be perfect. There's people that are connected to mega churches that are like, what are we going to do now? Guess what? You're going to have to pick up some of the slack. You're going to have to reach people and help to minister the people. It's not going to be just on that mega pastor to preach to all these people. You're going to have to step up and do it. And I, I feel like it's an exciting time, you know, <laughs> because um, 90, I think it's like 93% of churches are smaller than a hundred people anyway. It's only a select few 
mega churches. And that's all we think about when we think about church is mega churches. But that's really not all that's out there. Um, a church could be 10 people. You know, why, why does it have to be this huge number? Um, and so I think we are we are coming into a time period where the people of God, each and every individual, you're supposed to be, like you said, being filled up to be sent out. You're being equipped to go make an impact. Um, you're being equipped to go do the work of ministry. And so I think that's exciting, you know, um, and for some people it's fearful, but I believe it's exciting because all of us get involved. It's not just a select few. Right. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, I would like you to take um, the last few minutes um, and encourage um, young mothers, um, those people that like you talked about that may feel called to step out there in social media and then uh, pray for those individuals. Pray, you know, um, that God would just give them what they need to get this thing done as young mothers, as people call to ministry in this social media environment. Right. All right. Um, so I'm just going to go right into the prayer. Amen. Um, and allow Holy Spirit to flow. So, dear me, Father, I just want to say thank you for these platforms. Thank you that you have prepared the body, the one body for such a time as this, being able to utilize the technology for your good. When all else seeks, uh, seeks to um, use it for evil or for our harm, God, you still can use it for your good. And I, I just encourage everyone under the sound of my voice right now that if God is just calling you to utilize that platform use your voice you have a story go ahead and tell your story everyone has someone to reach um don't miss that this opportunity and i thank you lord father for the mothers the young mothers god i thank you god that you were raising people up um to still preserve space for your name during this this day and age where things are just looking con like confusion and chaos is running rampant i thank you lord that you still have people in place that shows you what a true remnant of the holy of the holy ghost of what heaven can really look like here on earth lord jesus and i thank you that you um, are doing a mighty work i pray that you would fortify your people in these days and for the days to come let Holy Spirit fall on us with a double portion, Lord. I ask that you would give us all wisdom and understanding and courage and boldness and um, bless our, our, our platform so that we can continue to do these things for you, not worrying about anything, but keeping our eye on you, Lord, and help us uh, change our perspective if it has been wrong been set on the wrong things, God. Um, renew us in mind, body, and spirit. And I just thank you for Apostle Anthony and First Lady, Miss Taya, for what they're doing and that they're pouring into so many lives. And all the other pastors, all of the people on the front line yes, and the God. doctors, yes. um, the first responders, Lord Jesus. And I just give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for that. Um, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, to be able to sit down. I know we had to steal a moment here um, to be able to do this, but I'm glad we we did. Um, and so God bless you. And to those that are listening, uh, remember to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. 
God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony for Love Thy Neighbor. Thank you to Amber Brooks for joining us today. Um, I pray that you guys be well in Jesus' name.